Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. As always, we want to thank our listeners, our sponsors for amazing support. Remember, questions, comments, send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Do not forget to listen to our new podcast we have on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can follow us on social media under the Abstract Doctors. Also, remember to listen to One Man's Ethos Podcast with Tony Mandrich. You can follow us at One mansethos.com and at one man's ethos on facebook instagram and twitter also you can follow tony on instagram at tony mandrich you can check out tony's amazing photographs at tonymandrich.com stop by our website theabstractathlete.com for information on subscription boxes and on upcoming events and workshops make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms under the abstract athlete you can do that on instagram facebook and twitter Beyond excited today to have author, counterculture phenom, and baseball legend Bill the Spaceman Lee going to chat about his baseball career and some of his legendary moments on the field. Also going to talk about his incredibly amazing life off the field, including movies and songs being written about him, and his independent run at being the governor of Vermont. Make sure to keep an eye out on this guy because he really has a truly incredible life and you can go really, really far down the rabbit hole. Um, Also make sure he's got a new book out about him by Scott Russell called Spaceman Chronicles, The Life of the Earthling Named Bill Lee and that is available on Amazon. So let's welcome Bill the Spaceman Lee. Well, first of all, thank you for doing this. Like when we talked, chatted the other day, you know, like as I told you, like for me, it's like really fun to talk to a a baseball guy um, and an outstanding baseball guy. But you, you know, I don't know if you looked at what the abstract athlete does. You know, we're always interested in stories beyond, you know, more than the athlete. And you are kind of a you know, perfect outlier. Yeah. I'm, an, I'm an outlier. <laughs> an well, outlier. here it is. I'm, I'm in the reliquary hall of fame. I was <laughs> put in there on the ballot and, uh, the guy who did bull Durham, uh, Ron Sheldon introduced me by saying I'd been stealing Bill Lee's lines forever and they're all in bull Durham. So I was like, you know, plagiary is the height of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, I think recognition in that respect. Absolutely. But you, I mean, you've done, so many things and we can talk about when, you know, like this is, this is your platform as far as I'm concerned, but you've done so many different things outside of baseball within baseball. Um, you know, creatively, like you ran for governor, you've had multiple songs written about you. Um, you're a multiple time author. Um, I mean, there's just so much to talk about, uh, you you had a um, a movie that came out what in 2016 about is it 2016 I think yes, it was 2016 I did I think 2017 Josh Dumal starred yep. as me in the Spaceman which was a you know kind of a I called it uh, a 15 yard penalty because they had me divorced and released in the same year and I <laughs> I called that piling on because that didn't happen. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, they gotta they gotta sensationalize everything. They gotta sensationalize Absolutely. it. You're right. You're but right. What like I mean, you know, we can talk obviously about baseball. I'd love to talk about baseball um, as as a baseball guy, but you know, like I really want to talk about lots of different things that you've done in your life. Like what is the most meaningful, like who is the most hated Yankee, you know, just like there's actually a, um, I teach at Virginia Commonwealth university and the athletic director here is a Boston guy. And he wanted me to ask you what was your favorite bar in Boston growing up or, you know, when you were there. So there's lots of stuff to talk about, but I mean, you ran for governor, Six years. I know. I know. <laughs> I ran on a uh, Liberty Union ticket, which was uh, Bernie Sanders' first party here. He was an anti-war guy. That's how he started, you know. And I'm a basically I'm a fan of Eugene Debs and uh, yep. Joseph Heller and Vonnegut. And that's the thing. I was always a dissident. Albrecht Camus, you know, the great uh, Algerian yep. who basically uh, fought against all that. It was, uh, it's just, that's what side, what side of history are you going to be remembered on? There's a professor at Bowling Green University uh, named Palatkus. He's now at Auburn, head of communication. And he wrote a, in 87, he wrote a whole story on me where a class he taught on the rebel, rebel heroes in American culture. And I was it. Yeah. And he called me the Osarian of baseball. And I thought that was the highest accolade a guy could get <laughs> well talk i mean talk about your baseball career because in some ways i think your your the way that you remembered is because you're an outlier but you had a pretty incredible baseball career you know you won 119 games you had a fantastic era like you're one of i don't know what 20 I'm making this up, but like 20 pitchers that has started a game seven in the world series. I, you, like you had an unreal baseball career. Well, thank you. I, you know, I was like, you said, I, everybody ran up to the plate to hit against me because they thought I was an easy mark, but they failed to realize that I was smarter than them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call them hitters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, our job is their job is timing. And my job is to upset that timing. Yep. And I knew how to do it. I, I mean, I copied Warren Spahn. I copied Juan Marichal. They were my two idols growing up. You know, I love guys with flamboyant windups, you know, and, uh, could really back it up by, you know, going 15, 16 innings and had tremendous stamina. You know, I started only 221 games, but I finished 73 of them. You know, I'm very proud of that. And that's something, obviously, that does not happen in the game today. Like, how do you, like, I assume you still watch. And I, I mean, hell, you might still play. Aren't you, like, on record for? I am. Uh, I have to go to Florida and repeat as the seven. I'm defending champion 70 and over national quad A champ last year. There I beat go. the number one and two seed. And. You know, I broke my hand on St. Patty's Day, and then I re-injured it in an accident with my wheelbarrow. I've been battling back uh, from this COVID. You don't get enough quality time with your peers to go out and play. In fact, baseball was taken away from us in Vermont 
this summer. And, you know, I, I have a hundred baseballs and softballs and I go out and I throw them about twice a week just to keep the communication alive between my shoulder and my head. Yep. So this is good. And you, I mean, you really truly are, baseball is, you love it. You love the sport. And I've read multiple like quotes that you've said that it is, you know, like you're never, you're never truly retired or away from the game because I mean, it is, you know, I, I, I'm kind of the same way as like, if I could go hit baseballs every day, I still would. I just can't find anybody that wants to throw to me. <laughs> wow. Well, come up here. I, I, I throw every saying. other day. And uh, we're having it's our last 70-degree day. I was in shorts, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I haven't – well, there's a new book came out on Amazon yep. about three days ago. And that is pretty much more of a memoir. But it's definitely – it. I definitely throw a lot of punches in this one. And the other one, I took a lot of punches in this new uh, biography. You know, I'm telling it exactly like it is. And uh, yesterday I did an interview with Forbes magazine about the state of baseball, the commissioner in the World Series. And that should be out. And that if it goes the way I think it is, it's a bombshell, you know, and uh What's you the know, name I'm, of the What's the name of the book again? I know you said it to me. It's called uh, the book. The new book is called it's It's called the Spaceman Chronicles. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to yeah, it's the Spaceman Chronicles out there, and you know, it's it's funny things like and when I ran for president, I basically ran against Clinton because I did not like Clinton. You know, I you know I'm a I'm a liberal, but he's not. Right. You know, he he basically did not support the uh, ban on uh, landmines and the last American, you know, ever to win a Nobel prize is a lady from Vermont uh, named Anderson. I think that, uh, you know, came out against landmines and uh, the peace prize is a very, uh, I think a significant, the best one that uh, Nobel does because here's the guy who made dynamite and he's given out the peace prize. Right, right, right. (laughs) None of it makes sense. How, how yeah, exactly? I know, nothing. This is that's that's a metaphor for our existence and how we live. I mean, the serendipity and the irony of of our existence is is humanoids on this planet is uh, temporary, as I say. Right. How, how exactly? I I actually tried to find this and I never could find exactly. How did you get the name Spaceman? Oh my God! It was. It was with second landing on the moon, 71. I pitched in Baltimore. Uh, I came in relief of Louis Tiant. I was, you know, uh, the manager didn't like me. I never got the start. And I was a long man. The bases were loaded. The run was in. Tiant was in trouble. I came in and uh, first pitch, I got a double play. Uh, a run scored. I think their fourth run, third or fourth run scored. I struck out the pitcher because pitchers hit back then. Yes. And uh, I got two base hits, a fake bunt, a double pass Brooks Robinson that brought in the tying and the winning run. And then I uh, ended up throwing eight and two-thirds innings of relief and uh, won the ball game, went into first place, and we landed on the moon. <laughs> and we had this little third baseman named John Kennedy, super sub from the 62 Dodgers yep. and the yep. Phillies. And he had made a date with his divorcee over on the third baseline. Couldn't get his clothes off fast enough because all the press. And basically it was uh, 
uh, H.L. Mencken's paper, the Baltimore Sun, said, we have our own spaceman right here. <laughs> that's, that's how I got it. Basically, you don't get to pick your nicknames Nor in, should because you. of a horny third baseman. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. But yeah. I, I just think, you know, like, again, your your life, you know, like, besides, like, the counterculture, you know, n- name that, or you know, is put on you, like, you've just done so many, like, really amazing things. Like, you won, you won a College World Series in 68. You pitched. It's in, irony. It's all irony. Yeah. It's all irony. Do you know who scouted me in that College World Series? Who's that? Mickey McDermott, the other crazy left-hander for the Red Sox, yep. great hitting pitcher and a crooner, and a guy named Jim Fanning in the Milwaukee organization. Jim Fanning happens to be the man that released me from the Expos in 82. Right. Here's a guy who never told me he was scouting me, never told me of our relationship before that, and then ends up releasing me, and then a guy named... Uh, Oh, uh, he wrote a book called False Spring and the Suitors of Spring. Uh, he's from Connecticut. He's a uh, Pat Jordan. Pat Jordan, I think the greatest memoirs ever written in baseball are by Pat Jordan. And Pat Jordan, he was released by Jim Fanning in Winnipeg, Manitoba back in the 50s. Right. Jeez. So I'm telling you. And then just a week ago, I drove to Iowa to do a... Uh, clinic out there with this friend of mine I met in Moscow, Russia, and he drives me by a back road going to Northwest Iowa uh, State, and it's uh, it's a uh, NAIA team. They don't play on Sundays, religious, and we're driving by a field, and it's Jim Fanning Field. He was born on that street in <laughs> Iowa. I'm there, going, wow. Uh, <laughs> Just, it's, I look up every time I That's see serendipity. This, there. It is serendipity. I look up at the sky. I point and I go, you know, I I point up to God and I go, boy, you're one funny lady. <laughs> <laughs> and she yeah. looked down and said, "Gotcha." Yeah, yep. I know. She said, "This is." <laughs> You just can't believe how funny it is, you know. <laughs> well, what do you think yeah. about like what do you think about the game today? Just like kind of touching oh, on what you man, said. Oh man, it's terrible. It's, ter- it's terrible. <laughs> it's uh, our Buckminster Fuller. He wrote a book in '69 called Operation for Spaceship Earth, and basically in the first chapter he said all forms of specialization are forms of extinction. Right. You've got to be a generalist. You've got to do multiple things, multiple tasks all the time and not think too much. And, you know, and I just think our Buckminster Fuller is probably one of the great geniuses of our time. And here's another fact that's in the book. He was the professor emeritus of the Saluki University in 1968, and the Salukis are the team that we beat for the national championship at 68. Really? And Yeah, and his last speech he ever gave, I believe, was in the Rose Garden at USC, and the first speech I ever made was in the Rose Garden at USC. This is like and the I'm John going, F. Kennedy-Lincoln assassination connections right here. <laughs> um, you wait, you wait, you wait. It's better. You wait till you see the book. Um, There's a whole two chapters in there on that. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. I, I I see now I'm being like clairvoyant. I'm like You up. are. I'm telling you it's 
this, trust me, what we have just said has all been said before. It's all been done before. It, life is nothing but a plagiaristic event right. of reoccurring things that have happened. You know, I, I believe that uh, it's amazing. So it's a, it's a shame, you know, you've got the video, you can throw it out there, but I think I do really well on radio. I think I, you know, I have a face for radio. <laughs> well, I promise we'll use it in the most distinguished way of all time. No. No, um, you're doing good. You're no. doing good. Uh, yeah, you've got to read this George Palatkus, University of Auburn. I think he's a retired professor. He may be still doing a little bit, but it's, uh, it's in Popular Culture Magazine 87. It's the greatest thing ever written about me, and I... It's in the book in its entirety, too. So that article's in there. The Keefe Offer, uh, Casey Stingle, Mickey Mantle, you know, trial, uh, antitrust trial in uh, the Senate. I think that's in the book. There's a whole lot of things we include, things that I think people should know. People that love baseball should know the history of baseball in that abstract and esoteric way. Yeah. Now, I, baseball is life to me. I mean, we we connect it. I mean, what we do at the Abstract Athlete is talk about how creativity and athleticism benefits us as humans. You know, like how how it you know is good for our mental wellness. But like baseball to me is is the purest of things. As an artist myself, that if you're a if you're a good baseball player, like the top, I'm talking about the offensively you're failing 70% of the time. Isn't that amazing? I say that all the time. I do too. And I, and I actually really love that because it, a, it makes you work harder, but also think more. I think, you know, it, like it, 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 it puts you in that, in that space of, of constant reevaluation or, which isn't always good as a hitter. Like you never want to go to a plate and be thinking about stuff. But I it just I, I always tell that to my students is that as an artist, I think your closest res, resemble or you closely resemble how a baseball player is because as an artist, I think you fail seventy percent of the time, and if you're succeeding thirty percent of the time, I think you're doing well. You are, and that's why people are committing suicide because they cannot handle failure. Right. But if you play baseball, you can handle failure. Absolutely, you're good at it. <laughs> you're, you're good at, at it, and yeah. that's it. I tell my team, I said, you know, you don't learn at the pitching staff. You don't learn anything when you do things right. Nope. You guys only make learn when you make mistakes, and you guys are fucking geniuses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> I true. Tell them right to you know, and they go. How could you say that, Bill? I said, this is it. You don't learn when you do things right. You only learn when you make mistakes. And in baseball, you make a lot of mistakes. Absolutely. And I yeah. love that. I love yeah, that. I, 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 I mean, I, it's, it, uh, it's hard. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like I think my biggest fault as a baseball player personally was I unfortunately took, took my, you know, strikeouts or, or my failed, uh, you know, at-bats into the field and I took it, you know, like the greatest gift is to let it go. And yeah, let and it go. I, and I never, right. I never personally did. You're that. the Billy bean. You're the Billy bean of Commonwealth university. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. yeah. I, Where are you guys located? Exactly. In Richmond. In okay. Richmond. You're Richmond. Yeah. I got you. My, yeah. my coach is uh he's a UVA guy. Uh, okay. Tommy Simon. He's a, 
a Sabre, one of the, he's the head of Sabre of, of, uh, Vermont. And, uh, he coaches the Burlington high school fall team and I'm his coach. Okay. And we have this conversation every day. We got our last game on Sunday. It'll be 41 degrees. The kids will not like it, <laughs> but they're going to learn to choke up and put the ball in play and not worry about their hands. Stinging. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we, I, you know, I remember I grew up in Ohio and, you know, remember absolutely having batting practices and in 32 degree weather and loved it. Just loved it. I just, yeah. I, I, there's just really truly nothing like being on a field and, and hitting for me. Good for you. So, yeah. <laughs> so, well, but what, like, I mean, again, like just thinking of your, of your baseball career, I, I mean, you were, you're in the Red Sox hall of fame, which is, amazing because you, the Red Sox history is amazing. You're what the number three winningest left-handed pitcher in Red Sox history. Yes, uh, but I'm number one in appearances, okay. you know, and, uh, I'm not Mel Parnell, but I was, you know, put in that class and I was very excited when they called me the new Mel Parnell. Right. And that was, you know, he's, I idolized that man. And, you know, I love the guys from Louisiana and the Mississippi Delta, you know, the blues singers and the, oh God, the yeah. yeah, Boo Ferris, the old uh, beautiful coach from Delta State. My son went to Delta State. So, you know, he's out of Mississippi. My ex-wife was from Mississippi. So, you know, I have that Southern connection. Right. Do you, um, so you, I mean, do you, you still have connections with the Red Sox? I think you said you go or I read something that you still go down to the fantasy camps or maybe you no, I've been anymore. kicked out of fantasy <laughs> camp for at least 12 years. You know, I, I was caught running naked around field number five at jet blue stadium, you know, and that was in protest of is something. That, and, is that wrong? Is that wrong? I just see, I didn't know that. No, that it's, it's, it's yeah. exactly it. It's, it's, it's funny. The Red Sox, they, they tolerate me barely. And, uh, they're changing now. I think we had the curse of the Bambino. Now we got the curse of Mookie Betts. And right. I think that will stick with us for a while. Right. Yeah. I, have you been watching? Do you watch? Oh, yeah. Baseball? I yeah. watch Mookie every day. Yeah. I love to watch Mookie. You yeah. know, he swung at ball four his first time up. He swung at ball four his second time up. Third time he walked. He stole second, stole third, yep. stole home, basically. And yep. they won that ball game. And uh, I, I, I equate. Mookie is one of the greatest defensive outfielders I've ever seen. Yeah, I think he's all around. He's uh, for me, Mike Trout's still the best player right now, but Mookie's right there. I think of there, there, there's two Mookies to make one Trout. That's how small Mookie is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. But he's he, the greatest small ball player I ever saw. Really? Wow. Oh, no, God, yeah. Barry Bonds was big compared to Mookie. Mookie is, I always thought his hands were delicate, but he's really uh, proven me wrong. And uh, he's he's hung in there. And he's a very smart ball player, too. I like that about him, too. Yeah. Who, like, who in your day, like, who was, I mean, these will be these, those stereotypical baseball questions, but who was the guy that you hated to face? Wow, Frank Howard, yeah, Frank Robinson, anybody with the name of Frank. Frank I was just going to say the Franks. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, to be frank with yeah. you, anybody named Frank. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, there was a lot of great ball. Willie Horton hit the ball up the middle. He was tough. Richie Allen, 
Richie Allen, you know, if I could, if the if the sun was up, he could hit me. If the sun was down, he couldn't. So I just huh. hold the ball until the sun went down. <laughs> <laughs> just keep picking up the rosin bag and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's one of the guys you just don't want to face. You just don't want to face those guys that can inside out the ball. You know, I got Aaron late in his career when he was with Milwaukee. You know, and uh, he was just a former. He was still good. You know, and. Uh, he got me for a home run last day of the season at 75. You know, I challenged him. I don't think it was 75. Could have been 76. And uh, probably was 76. And I had coming back from shoulder surgery, and he, I tried to throw him a fastball in just to see what all the hoopla was about. And he proved he showed me. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. They do that to uh, Yeah, Hank. Willie May, I was a center fielder, and Willie Mays was always – the guy that I always just thought was the greatest, magnificent, ball greatest base time. runner, yeah. greatest base runner I ever saw, you know, great outfielder too. And, you know, I'll tell you Ichiro, I think Ichiro yeah. is one of the greatest unsigned outfielders. I mean, most disciplined, beautiful, always through to the right base. He was very, very, uh, smart ball player. Yep. And I, the thing about him, which I always found fascinating is, I read stories about the fact that if he wanted to be a home run hitter, he could be, but he just never chose to. He just wanted to get on base and, you know, yeah. he was that good was of the, a hitter. Oh, yeah. He was the Ty Cobb. He's the Ty yeah. Cobb of Japanese baseball for sure. Yep. Jeez. Uh, well, um, I, I want to talk about, like, you've, you've again, like, there's so, so many things to talk about. You went to oh, yeah. we Cuba. Could, we could do this forever and stuff. You know, if you have more podcasts, you can call me back, uh, get another bunch of questions, and oh, yeah. uh, just keep running these things. Uh, uh, I, you know, I think you're very smart. You got to read Palatkas. Yep. You got to read uh, the. If you read George Palatkas' stuff, you'll uh, you'll you'll know that you and him are very very similar <laughs> in your perspectives on baseball. You're both professors. He's from Ohio. He was at Bowling Green, and you. What town were you from? I'm from Columbus. Oh, so, right there. Goodbye, yeah. Columbus. Yeah. 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 Still got, still have um, family there. So I still, still visit and, uh, and, you know, grew well, up. Well, I'm mad at Ohio. I'm mad at Ohio for not electing Bill Bradley and giving him Bill Bradley as our president when Ohio went the other way. And I think it was your secretary of state who controlled the ballot box that's and i believe surprising. your secretary of <laughs> controlled it last year too you know and yeah that, that's not surprising at all unfortunately yeah. i mean isn't it amazing how politics is so partisan and uh, yep. you know you just no one trusts anybody no one whatever vote comes out no one's going to trust the vote this year anyway no it I, I just want this to be over i mean i've already voted i've you know i still yeah tell my students to vote and make sure everybody gets out and does their, their duty. Yeah. But I just, it's, it's so, it's just soul crushing because it's like the way that people act and, and everybody has a spin, everybody. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to watch kind of, or not just kind of, it is hard to watch. Um, I couldn't, you know, I can't even watch these debates even though I do, but it just, it's, I know it's bad for my, my, uh, soul well it is it's all because of Rene Descartes he's the guy who did it with Cartesian coordinates right. he's the guy who basically said if one thing can be proven wrong then the whole 
the whole uh, pot, you know, your whole premise is wrong. Right. And that's what life is. Life is not black and white. It's gray. And we're in this terrible, terrible position that we beat everybody down for one bad statement. Therefore, everybody gets beaten down. Yep. Yep. And with social media, everybody, you know, it's just, it's, it's just. I don't do it. I don't, I have never, I have never been on, I don't have a cell phone. I mean, my wife, that was my wife's cell phone. And you saw, I, I called you standing up and I couldn't call you back. (laughs) And I'm going, this is where I, I like where I live. I mean, the view from that library is the Green Mountains in the background. You would have had the most spectacular view of the Appalachians yep. today on that video, but you never got the video, but you know, you'll get up here sooner or later. I'm sure that I, do you ever go back? Cause you're, you're from California you were born there. Yes. Do, you ever, do you ever go back there? I thought I read I did. It. I went back. I took care of my parents from 2006 to 2008 when they both passed, yep. you know, I had them in home care and, uh, I, I did that and I stuck around and, uh, fixed the house up and uh, stayed there in the winter. I would go there and get out of Vermont and hang out with my buddies. And I just love California, Northern California. And I love, you know, the beaches up there at uh, Bodega Bay and Point Reyes National Seashore all the way up the, you know, the Mendocino coast. It's just a, it's a gorgeous state, gorgeous state. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, it's yeah. it's one of those places that uh, I'm not really an East Coast guy, but trying to move to the mountains in Colorado or something. Um, Ooh, Escalante yeah. Wilderness. Go to go to Utah. Oh yeah, go yeah, to yeah. the Escalante. Yep. Utah is, never, Utah might be the most it. Utah might be the most beautiful state in the country, but it just oh, it's beautiful nope. sunsets, beautiful yep. sunrises. Yep, I think it is too. Uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, I mean, it's lack of water, but if you have water, and uh, I think it's a great place. Yep. Um, so I want to, I, like, there's a couple things I think are really interesting that you you pitched in Cuba, and you went on a, on a like, a baseball tour back. 18 years yeah. I went to Cuba. Yeah. And, but it was, it was like a baseball tour. You would go down there. I did. I yeah. brought little league kids from Canada. I brought adult teams from the United States when we were allowed down there. Yep. I did a baseball documentary called The Gift of the Game with Randy White, an, an author and friend of mine from South Florida. I went down with a bunch of great guys, just great guys from that I still play with on Sundays when I'm down in Florida. I usually stay two months in Florida, play ball. I play about eight weekends. And then I mosey on back home for the uh, for the thaw. I like to get back for a sugar season here in yeah. Vermont. <laughs> that's perfect timing, right? So yeah, you know, that's it. It's, it's, it's uh, you know I used to stay here in cross country ski. I, I'm in Craftsbury. It's the where they train all the Olympians, the biathletes, the scullers. It's a it's a very big. Uh, you know, Olympic uh, headquarters. There's two ski trails, uh, 200 mile trails that are named after me. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a great place. The Northeast Kingdom is really not part of the United States. We're part of Quebec. Right. That's not it's a bad great. thing. That is not it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's no, not. No, no. It's, uh, they love me in Montreal. They say, we, we don't speak English and either does Bill. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, I do my radio shows in Montreal with Mitch Milnick on Team 990. I've been doing it for about 20 years. You know, they've, they're changing program, and, you know, I'm getting kind of old, and Mitch is getting old, but uh, Nick Oftemeyer and all the, the great Ted Blackman and all the guys from Montreal, I'm, I'm, I'm actually more liked in Montreal than in Boston. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I have more rapport there because – you know, the Expos are gone, and I'm gone, and uh, we all have this kind of nostalgia, which they don't have. There's an arrogance in Boston that they don't have in Montreal. Yeah, well, that's that's ever since I'm sure they won the World Series, it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> so. Well, they did. It, 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 I mean, John Henry did a great job. He put together great teams and everything else, but I think those days are over. Do you really? I really do. Huh. I mean, I okay. see the handwriting on the wall, yep. and it's Sanskrit. <laughs> yeah, now it's I. I mean, I I knew that this was going to be a rebuilding year, and as a Met fan, like I'm always constantly in rebuilding. Um, yeah. But it, I I just always assume that Henry will put his money with it where his mouth is at some point in time. But it, in some ways, I think he's becoming more interested in his. Um, because he has ownership with the uh, with Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. Right. yeah, yep. yeah. You know, you're right. You you see it right. Yep. You know, it's uh, it's uh, things have changed once he got married. Everything huh. uh, changed. I think that day. Huh. Well, that's it's not just like Tom Yaki. Tom Yaki did the same thing. Tom Yaki was all right in '46, and then his wife ordered some stuff from Bonwit Teller, and there came the new lady. She was. <laughs> Modeling the clothes, and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, my Boston baseball fans will not be happy to hear this, but well, it's, uh, that's... they'll hear it, and uh, they'll—I'm pretty sure they'll agree with me. They have to, unfortunately. You only get one first impression, and I did not get a good first impression of John Henry's uh, new wife. Right, it was in an elevator. I tried to offer her a bottle of wine, and she thought I was trying to freaking—I uh, don't know what she was trying to do. Right. You know, <laughs> but you, okay. Speaking of wine, you have, do you still have your yeah, own? Yeah, I have bottle? Spaceman. I have the yeah. company Spaceman Wine. We're out of Napa. We're kind of, we're, you know, we kind of, you couldn't go out and sell this year, but we're going to have one out as soon as the COVID's over. I'm going to have one out to correspond with the book. And I'll be, I still make baseball bats. I'm part of the Axis Bat Company in Fall River. I still make wine and I still write books and, uh, you know, I've got one coming out and I got one on, on deck in the on deck circle. Another, another book coming out or another book. Yeah. Wow. Based on least heat moon and, uh, John Steinbeck's travels with Charlie oh, awesome. and least heat moons blue highways. So I've got, uh, it's a travelogue book based on baseball. Oh, that, that's actually a really, I, I love that idea of, you know, people going to different ballparks and making that like a, um, a practice, like a, like you said, like a travel. And, and oh, to be honest, like, to me, the, the thing that COVID, I mean, at least we had some baseball this year, but I think the thing that for me, that was the most gut wrenching was the loss of minor league baseball this year. And terrible, terrible Burlington, Vermont's part of that cut too. Yeah. And we have a hundred year old ballpark, you know, we're great ball players played in this place that uh, all played for the Red Sox, uh, Gardner and the other guy from Enosburg Falls that threw back-to-back 
uh, wins in a doubleheader against Detroit in 1912. Yep. So uh, there's a lot of history in Vermont. Uh, Bernie Tebbets was born in Burlington. He was the last barnstormer. And then, except I, I'm the last barnstormer. He's second to last barnstormer. Yes. <laughs> and Satchel Page is, he's right up there too. It's based, my, this travel book will be a lot like Satchel Page. It'll be a lot of like how to live your life on the road. Right. So it'll be good. Yeah, you, and so like the barnstorming, like, which is, you know, for those that don't, I mean, it's like an older term in terms of like going to different ballparks. Like that's how they did it back in the day. They oh would, yeah. At the end of the year, yeah, yeah. the big, uh, Ruth and Gary traveled, made more money in 27 in the off season than they did during the season. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Levy wrote a great book. It's called, uh, the big fella. It's a great book. You got to get it. The big fella. Okay. The so big giving, fella, giving, you'll love it. You're giving me all these books to like read now. Oh, Lee Seed <laughs> Moon and uh, Travels with Charlie, John Steinbeck. They're both both they're both must read books, yep. you know. And uh, I I really I've always been on the side of the Indian, not the cowboy. Right. <laughs> I'd have to say probably the same thing on that my in my part. So good. Wanted to take a quick break. Make sure to pick up the new book on Bill by Scott Russell called The Spaceman Chronicles, The Life of the Earthling Named Bill Lee, available on Amazon. Make sure again to listen to our new podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. Follow us at theabstractdoctors.com and on social media under The Abstract Doctors and One Man's Ethos Podcast with Tony Mandrich, which you can follow at onemansethos.com or on Instagram at onemansethos. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich or check out his amazing photographs at tonymandrich.com. Now back to Bill. So you, I, I just, I'm like reading this one thing that you pitched, and this is 2012, a nine inning complete game to become the oldest, the oldest yeah, pitcher six, to win, six, to win a professional game. Or that was 2010. 65, yeah. 65 years old, yeah. San Rafael, California. I was pitching against the team of Maui. I remember that. Yeah. And I had really nothing in the bullpen. I remember this game. I, I could write a whole book just about that day. And then two years later, I get traded from San Rafael to Sonoma. And at 67, I beat Pittsburgh in that California league. So I actually, I've won four games in my sixties professionally. <laughs> That's, That's, I, I absolutely no. love that. Satchel couldn't do that because Satchel was gone when he was 60. Yep. His last professional game was in 50 when he was 59, I think. You know, he's amazing. When There's a book by Satchel Page out there about a guy who traveled with him and uh, Satchel Page in the country of baseball or something like this. And, and I read about it when he hurt his arm. He was going through divorce. He hurt his arm. And how he came back, it was miraculous. And I did, too. I've come back twice from dead arms. Right. And uh, it's amazing what the human body, how it can recover. Did you, you didn't have any, did you have a surgery at all? I had surgery after the Nettles incident. Okay. And I had it because of a, a basketball injury during the winter. 
and I had to have a complete rebuild of my left shoulder with titanium pins. So that was a re- that was a remarkable recovery. But when I came back from that, I won probably 300 ball games with that shoulder, with right. that new shoulder, until I hurt it again. I was skipping stones with my grandsons on the Ponderé River in Idaho, and I totally dislocated my shoulder with a 17 stone skip. You know, <laughs> and uh, at least you and remember I the amount. I was in pain for over two years. I was in agony, but I tried to play through it, you know, and I was miserable. But I I kept going out, and I kept going out, and damned if my arm didn't recover, just like Satchel's. Yep. Yeah, you've got to throw through pain to get it back, and uh, but you've got to give it that healing. you got to give it the right diet two years. you got to freeze it with cold. Cold is good. Yep. Not heat is bad. Cold is good. I mean, that has to be the thing that bothers you most about the game today is that the pitching, the, like Just the managers, like, well, that, yeah, the managers yeah. cause the pitching and yeah. cybernetics or, yeah. you know, uh, that guy, Bill An- James analytics. and everything, they only analyze everything instead of cutting your head off and let your body do the work. Tom Seaver, drop and drive. You know, all yep. of the great pitchers, Warren Spahn, Bob Gibson, they just don't make them like that. Verlander's only had 16 complete games in his career. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, they're like, I, I'm trying to like think of who of the current baseball era. Trevor Bauer is the best. Trevor, Trevor Bauer is a throwback. He's He's the only one out there that I can think of like that. The Anderson guy for the Atlanta, I think he's got a chance to be remarkable too. I wish the Mets would let Jacob DeGrom pitch longer because yeah. I think he is an absolute phenom, but he only throws five innings every game. Yeah. And it's just like. Well, that's it. Exactly. And they don't realize if you just, if you learn to pitch. Like Gibson, I'm telling you, he just blew that by by Willie Horton in the ninth inning after he fouled out that slider, and he he just reached back. He had one more fastball, but see, we always back. We threw it about eighty percent capacity. We never win a hundred percent. Pitchers today are a hundred percent from the get go. Yep, they're going to break down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that. I think that is the 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 big difference now is people throw a hundred miles an hour and it's the whole yeah. time like Noah Syndergaard like that's all he does he throws 100 miles an hour or or uh a Chapman and it's like you know they always say it's like there's no movement on Araldus Chapman's fastball it's just like a dead straight and it's like people know how to catch up to a fastball like that's what made Mariano Rivera not to bring up a Yankee but what made him so unbelievable is the movement or, or oh Greg God. Maddox. Greg Maddox yeah. threw 91 miles an hour. That was the top of his fastball, and he could just put Me that too. wherever. Yeah, exactly. The same Me thing. too. I was 90, 91 was as fast as I threw, and I only threw it four times a game. Yep. <laughs> and the and the infamous Leafus pitch, correct? Yeah, that, that was a bad one. That hurt. <laughs> but if we turn the double play, if go. we turn the double play, never had Perez it. leads off the seventh. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. that hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Who, like, who, uh, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, but, and this doesn't have to be a baseball player or an athlete. I mean, it could be athletes from different sport, but who were like inspirations to you growing up or even, I mean, even now, like, I mean, you mentioned even some political figures, you know, but. Yeah. 
most of mine were educators, you know, uh, Jim Brown. You know, I love Jim Brown. I love Chuck Bednarik, yep. the two-way guy for Philly. I, I love guys that were, you know, that uh, Otis Sistrunk from <laughs> University of oh, Mars. Yeah. You know, I love guys that uh, were, uh, that came out of nowhere obscurity and did did well with with the less amount of tools, you know. You know, I like Pete Rose. I loved his hustle and everything else and everything, but his gambling I didn't like and the and his, you know, he's tough, but he was you know, I mean, just they just don't make him like that anymore. They don't, you know, Ty Cobb was a jerk and everything else and you know, all the all of his teammates didn't like him, but uh you know, it's uh he was unique, Babe Ruth. Uh, you, I, I love people that are not carbon copies. They're all individualistic. Right, right, right. Rube Waddell. Rube Waddell, I think, was a great pitcher. Walter Johnson. Yep. You know, you look at guys that threw. You just, you just, they, they have different deliveries, and you teach them differently. I love that. Who? I mean, is there anybody in today's game? Like you mentioned, Bauer. Um, yeah. Anybody in today's game that? Uh, oh, Mookie Betts, Bauer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I I love I love those guys. Yeah. I, the new catcher for the uh, Dodgers. Uh, I kind of taking a liking yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, Smith. I think you know he hit a foul ball home run and he hit another home run and he he seems to hit the ball the other way when he has to with men on base. He's pretty smart and uh, you know he's got a great attitude. I don't like celebrating. I don't like. I like guys that uh, really don't show a lot of Buster Posey. I like that guy yep. a lot. Yeah. Act like you've been there before, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My wife's looking for the keys, and the trouble with me is, I never remember where anything is. <laughs> I'm sitting right now in a bunch of papers, but uh, I did. I'm I'm surprised. Like, are have have you ever played any music? Never played music. Really? I was thinking, of, I got a friend that's got a left-handed Jimi Hendrix guitar. He wants me to learn to play, and uh, I don't know. I, uh, I heard when you play that guitar, you die at 29. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're safe. I might, I just. Yeah, I think I'm um, over that. Hump. No, I like, to me, it feels like you, you would have had like some sort of like, what, what is like, again, like wh- one of the big things that we talk about and do is, is you know, the idea of creativity and how it's beneficial. Now, obviously like you write and I think you're, you're a thinker, which I think is incredibly creative. Um, I mean, have you ever painted? Have you ever, like, do you ever draw anything? Well, I do. I do sculpt. I do do wood. Uh, I make baseball bats. I make rolling pins out of broken baseball bats. Uh, what honey? No, honey. My wife wanted to know if I needed anything. Uh, uh, yeah, get a get a four pack of uh, Green State beer. <laughs> it's Friday, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. Oh, it is Friday. Yes, it is. I was going to say I have no. I, yeah. that's the thing it's about a beautiful COVID. afternoon. Yeah, I split wood. I split about a quart of wood today and stacked it, and that's what I do cardiovascularly. Tomorrow I'll finish up in the rain. You know, I'll get all my wood in. I've got no more space to put wood. I've got my fields bush hog. I got about 47 acres up here. And, uh, you know, I mowed yesterday. It was warm enough. And today's our last 70 degree day. Uh, so uh, we're going to take advantage of it. And you still, and so you go out back and do, do, you, like, do you just throw baseballs into a, into a barn? I go to the, I go to the high school field up there okay. that I help build. 
Okay. And I have a I have a a little shed that I have access to, and then in there is a two five gallon buckets full of softballs. And I really throw softballs yep. because I, I I like the uh, the added a uh, little bit added weight and dimension, yep. which stretches yep. my shoulder out. Yep. We used to actually hit basketballs at Ohio State because that you can actually like when you hit a basketball you can actually feel if your hands are in the right hitting zone. You know. Yes, they are. That's yep. right. I hit a rubber tire. I was yep. learned on a rubber tire on a walnut tree. Yep. And that, that that's that, how I learned to hit. Yep. It's, and you got to hit it. You got to hit it properly, or you're gonna your fillings will fall out. <laughs> I think maybe that actually probably happened to me. So yeah. Um, well, that's good. But n- n- I, like, so that's like that's good to know that like you're like you are into sculpting and different like creative things because again, like I just I I find your your life so fascinating. Like, do you ever? I mean, this is a weird weird question in some ways, but do you ever like look back at a you know the fact of who you played against as as a baseball no. player? No, never. Don't look back. Someone no. may be gaining Satchel Page. True. True. Yeah, I just I I don't think. Rod Dato said, Don't think Tiger, you hurt the hurt the ball club. Uh my theory is when I go downstairs I take something that has to go downstairs. When I go upstairs, I take something that has to go upstairs. You know, I'm a pretty much a minimalist in a lot of respects. Uh I saved stones. I built my walkway with stones I get out of the river. I built my fence with with uh, wood that I split. Yep. You know, a lot of Abraham Lincoln in me in a lot of respects. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. But so I, I do have to ask this. Like this, I, I sort of touched on it earlier. Who's and maybe it, maybe you already answered this with the nettles thing. But as as a Red Sox, you have to have your most hated Yankee. And uh, oh yeah. It's Craig Nettles. Just a second. What did you say, hon? You, she, she. Did you want to go throw balls? Yeah, I got to go throw balls too. I got to go up to the high school and throw balls. But that I can do that a little bit later. Yeah, Craig Nettles is in my wallet. In my wallet, to the back right cheek of my ass, and I have his card in there. And from nineteen, I have his nineteen seventy three uh, Cleveland Indian card and. He's in there. It might be a 72, but it's gotten so old and worn that no one can really make him out anymore. But, uh, yeah, it's – but Lao Tzu or not wasn't Lao Tzu, if, if you seek revenge, dig two graves. Right. Remember that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to write that go one ahead. down. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm going to – she's going to go buy my beer, and then uh, that will be it. <laughs> and you're going to go throw some baseballs and you'll sit back and yeah. relax and watch the sunset. Well, we got a ball game today. Oh, that's cool. Isn't it? We yep. got one at eight o'clock, you yep. know, and yeah, I just, I, I don't paint, but I think I'm a, I have a lot of artists in the family yep. and, uh, I just basically, like you said, I would rather hit and play baseball than do anything. Yeah. Well, and I think you're doing that. I mean, uh, you're a testament to what you want to do. Like, again, like I love a, a, a quote that was attributed to you that basically said, "I'm something to the fact that I'm I'm never going to retire from this game." And yeah, and, you're right. And, and, I, and I and I love the fact that you actually live that. I mean, you're still playing. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah, they you know they can kick you out of baseball, but they can't. 
they can't take away all the fields and all the opportunities. Like I drive down the street, I stop and, uh, you know, I do pickup. We didn't, that's why I love Cuba. You could stop and have a pickup game anywhere in Cuba and that people would welcome you in. And if you, if anybody in America gets a chance to go to Cuba, do it that way. Take a few bags and baseballs and everything else and just join the locals and play. And they play every day. Yep. What do you, like? Uh, this is an, another one of these random questions because again, I, there, there's so many random things to talk about. But what? Wh- how did you feel about having multiple songs written about you? Like that has to be like it's flattering, flattering and bizarre. It's, yeah, it's flattering. You know, I mean, uh, Warren Zevon met me and everything, and and uh, he read a quote that I said. And he made a song, and he sang it in Philadelphia, and it was a big hit. And uh, it's just, you know, I mean, it's it's bizarre. I mean, REM, I met them. They have the baseball experience. They've got uh, they've got stuff that they've written, and and oh, there's just so many songwriters that love baseball. Yep. You know, that's what it's all about, and I think that's why we seem to hang out together, and Glenn Fry, and. You know, Henley and uh, all those guys, the Eagles, I lived on the beach. And then uh, Levon Helm, the drummer, and I were good friends. You know, we knew each other from uh, Malibu and uh, also from uh, Maples Inn in Quebec. He introduced me to my second wife, so that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you can't complain about that. But, I mean, no, part- no, 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 no. I had a good run with her about 18, 19 years. There you and, go. You know, it's... Uh, she ran off with a Delta pilot, and now I've got a girl from Alberta, and we've been together for about 17, 18 years. Well, actually, almost 20 years now. So it's I've only not been married for about 11 days of my life. <laughs> it's weird. It's I got divorced on December 31st from my first wife. I eloped to Jamaica on January 8th. Wow. Wow. Wow is right. That is... And, the, and that girl was not responsible for the demise of the first girl. <laughs> that was just and that it's random? Amazing. Wow. That it's is... all that random. And my third wife, Diana, she's not responsible for the demise of the second one. And here's the amazing thing. None of them had fathers when I met them. They all were deceased. So I've never had a father-in-law. You live a, in almost fifty years. I was gonna say you, 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 uh, you do. You live like this crazy life. It is in over fifty years. I've never had a father-in-law. It's all serendipity. It's uh, it just seems to randomly flow. And the key is not to think. And I think it's uh, to live in a, a state, not an altered state, but a a state of total relaxation. And that's how you hit, you know. Don't think you breathe through your eyelids, you know. And uh, that's, uh, that's did you? I was, gonna say, I was going to say, did you? Did you give him that line? That's yeah, Bulldor. I everything I gave Sheldon and I go way back. White yep. men can't jump. Woody Harrelson and I were best friends, you know. And uh, well, we Woody, haven't seen each other in a while. Woody owns the the rights to that film, right? Yes, he does, but yep. he never optioned on them. It's, they're called Children at Play. Yep. But boy, boy, I got a chapter on Woody in here. <laughs> Not so much on Woody, but I'm telling you, if the rights are optioned off, he's going to have, if he stars as his father, he'll be responsible for the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. 
that's just that's a that's a that's a plug for the book. There, uh oh, dun dun dun. That's exactly. a good exactly. Um, yeah. Well, maybe we'll start wrapping up here, and like uh, you know, like I always like try to ask these kind of just the the more pop culture kind of questions like what is your favorite ballpark that you've ever played in um would be one like wow who, like, yeah well it's uh you know actually the my favorite park is called big wreck it's in downtown it's in san francisco it's in golden gate park and there are no fences there's two fields and they kind of interact with one another and I like it because when the wind blows in, you can play deep and they can't hit it over your head. Yeah. Big big wreck, one of the great amateur fields of all time. I like that field a lot. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's a field in Vinales, Cuba that I love. And uh, the goats are tied up and the horses are out in center field. And I was pitching a ball game one time and I was in my stretch. And I had to had to pause while the pigs ran across the infield. <laughs> <laughs> At least it didn't happen like that Randy Johnson thing where he blew up the uh, the, oh, pit, the pigeon and stuff. Yeah, Randy, Randy's kind of yeah, he's a unit. The big units from USC too. Yep. Him and Zito. He's he's a uh, um, a photographer now. So he's somebody that we're really interested in talking to because of his kind of creative uh-huh. um, creative outlets that he does now. And, you know, well, I like to swim in rivers. I swam across the I swam across the Kettle River uh, between Spokane and uh, Grand Falls, British Columbia. It's kind of a border river. It kind of meanders through the states. And I've I've swam the Ponderé River. You know, I haven't swam the Mississippi or the Missouri. I don't really have a. I just like to swim in rivers. The Sacramento River I was raised in. Yep. And, uh, you know, Burt Lancaster, the swimmer, I always thought I was the swimmer. I love to swim. <laughs> what? So you've, you've lived in different places and obviously you've traveled through baseball, like all over the world, really. Is there a favorite location that it doesn't mean you have to, you have to live there. Cause I think in, you live in a beautiful place, but is like, what's kind of, a favorite place that you've ever been? Would it be a Cuba or like, I know you went to Russia. Is there? Yeah. Russia was tough. You know, it was going through its transition. It was actually, I would never really been to Russia. I've been to the Soviet union, but I ain't been to Russia. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Yeah. So it, uh, it was a precursor. They're basically the same. Uh, I was in red China in 75, 76. I was at Joe and Lai's funeral. You know, there were no baseball fields there, but I got to play ball with a few Chinese people when they, you know, I was probably the first guy ever to play baseball over there in America. And uh, that's kind of unique. I, uh, you know, I love to go to Arizona and play in that uh, MSBL tournament and meet guys from different, you know, different teams that are amateurs that love the game as much as I do. I think my life as an amateur was much more significant than my life as a pro huh. and uh, the guys I met. Uh, my lasting relationships are all more with amateur ball players than with pro ball players. I mean, in some ways, like you're kind of uh, an ambassador to baseball. I mean, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, mean, really, I am. I, I am. I am. I, you know, I should be in the baseball hall of fame just because of my love of the game 
and played more innings than Satchel Page, yep. won more games than Satchel Page, played in more parks than, well, probably not more parks. I think he probably got me there. But uh, I played in a lot of the same parks more than he got the opportunity to do. You know, I feel bad for the for those black athletes that didn't get to play as, as much as I did. Uh, there was a great Fox Mulder in that great uh, – that show that was on X-Files. Uh, the X-Files. There's one great show about Absolutely. a black baseball team. It was an I alien. think it's the great, wasn't that the greatest X-Files of all time? That's a hard one because I'm an X-Files fan, like to a T. I loved that show, but I oh, love that. That episode was great. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. I, who like you know maybe maybe as a last question and and I think you're right like I think this is something we could do again after I read the book and like we can yeah have another yeah conversation. Oh, you'll have you you'll have a ton of questions <laughs> on that one but but I like you know I again like I for me I you know as a baseball player and, and somebody that loves baseball history and and just even the numbers like i you know if somebody says 660 well that's the number of home runs that willie mays hit you know 714 you know like i know the like these numbers and who like as as somebody that played and and you know i asked the question of the most hated yankee but who's like your favorite and it doesn't have to be a teammate like i know that you you know like you know like I and mean, you didn't play with him, but uh, Dennis Oilcan Boyd and you have a good relationship. And you, oh, and, we have you a and, great relationship. And you and He's Louis, funny Tion. man. Yeah. yeah, but who's Louis? Like, Louis is my favorite. Yeah. Louis and I are brothers. Rico Petroselli and I are brothers. Yeah. There's a few of the Red Sox that I'm still close to. Jim Lomborg, Doctor Lomborg. He's the best. You know, Havlicek, Bobby Orr. Uh, you know, Bobby Hull. I'm I'm closer to hockey players than I am to any other sport. Huh. Hockey players love me, and I love hockey players. Marcel Dion, you know, Eddie Shack, clear the track. There's a ton of hockey players that I love. I love hockey players. I think they're the greatest people on earth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we uh, we actually did a podcast with um, Sean Thornton, who played. Oh, really? Sean yeah. Thornton that was with the Bruins, and yep. then he went out. Yeah, yep. he was 16 years old. And live with a family, you know. He was fantastic. He played forever, and he was he was the tough guy. And now he yeah. works. We we do some stuff with the Florida Panthers, and he's um, a vice president down there. And and so they they put me in contact with him and did one with him. But he's just, I mean, you know, like I always think that the people think that those the enforcers are these mean tough guys, and he's just the nicest guy, and and oh, and and very thoughtful, and 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 he's he's a kind of a deep thinker, and and just and I agree, like as much as I love baseball because baseball is my sport, like hockey to me is one of the great sports to watch at oh be, God, at the arena. Man. I mean, ugh. Well, Dave the Hammer Schultz and uh, who's the guy? Uh, Clark Gillies was with the, they were all fought all the time. I knew all the fighters too. And yep. it was amazing. Those guys are, one's a president of a bank. The other one's uh head out in Saskatchewan. And uh, they just, that's the key of hockey. They fight, but they love each other. And that's just it. They just got to go out there and, uh, you know, they just, uh, there's certain times that you got to fight and uh, baseball. I fought with Bernie Carbo. You know, I fought with a lot of guys. I've fought, uh, Ellie Rodriguez, Reggie Smith, knocked me out cold. You know, there's <laughs> tons of tons of fights that I had. You know, and Louis says, "Bill, 
Bill, you should never fight. You always lead with your face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is not the smartest thing. Well, and again, we appreciate you loving Havelcheck because he's a he's a Buckeye. So that's that's. Oh, I love Havelcheck. Frank Howard is a Buckeye. Frank Howard is a Buckeye. You know. Yep. Yes, he was. And uh, what was it? Dr. Steve Arlen beat me in 66 uh, yeah. in, uh, yep. in the College World Series. They, I didn't get the loss. They I think won Steve their, got the loss. They yeah. won their only championship that year, I, I believe. I know. The and they beat yeah. USC. They beat me 4-2. to two. <laughs> You won it two years later. It's fine. We had to yeah, get our, I won it two years. Yeah, you're we, right. We, I had, won to, it we had to get our one. We had to get our one yeah. championship. Yeah, I was a sophomore. In fact, I didn't lose that game. I was 4-0 as a sophomore. I was 9-0 and as a freshman, 4-0 as a sophomore, 13-4 and as a junior, and 13-4 and as a senior. That's, that's, and I'm not in the Red I'm not in the... I'm not in the USC Hall of Fame. Not yet. We're going to get that. We're going to get that. Well, you, they, got, they got, <laughs> trust me, that's about a straight lace. That's about a straight lace a Trump of school you'll ever get. Right. Well, yeah. I, maybe on la, last question for this this round. We'll yeah. call this yeah. episode one of, of your podcast. But like, what what is it Do you, I mean, because you've done so much stuff, what is it that you would want people to know you for? I mean, maybe that's a too difficult of a question because wow. I, again, because I think, I think of you like as a, there's not that many pitchers that have won a hundred games in major league baseball, but yet you've done so many, like you're, you're an author. Like, again, you're like, you're, you're political, like you're an activist. There's, there's so many things that you, Built my own home in Vermont. There you go. On 14 acres. Yeah, I built it uh, over a five-year period with Lyle Raymond, my carpenter. And uh, I said, Lyle, can we do this? He goes, well, we'll find out. I said, you know, I central fireplace. I have three arches in it. It's all passive solar. You know, I the thing that I am most, if, if I want to be remembered, I was the first true environmentalist in Major League Baseball. You know, I was the first guy that thought of the planet Earth first. Right. And uh, that's how I want to be remembered uh, with Buckminster Fuller and uh, Marvin Miller. I was I started free agency. I started uh, I started arbitration. I was I was Marvin Miller's right hand man or left hand man, whichever you want to say. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's such an amazing thing to be thought of because we we all need to think about planet earth because it we're sure as shit not doing a great job of it right now and no we're not and, and i mean we haven't been for a long time but it's becoming more and more evident that we're not paying attention to it so well there's a great book out by a guy uh, just came out habib it's called uh, he's from where is he from i can't think he's he's uh he's from israel he he wrote a book called sapien look at that Okay. And I'll oh, tell yeah. you, that's no, our yeah, I have that. I have that. You have book. Sapien. Yep. See, it is. Yep. And there's another one. It's by a guy named uh, Mark Madsen. It's called Everything is Fucked. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have not. <laughs> Mark Madsen as in? Yeah, M-A-T-T-S-O-N. Yep. Mark Madsen. He wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And then his second book, which is tremendous, and it's called uh, Everything is Fucked. Okay. All right. Mark Madsen. M A N S O N. Madsen. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. M A N S O N. Yeah. Mark Madsen is another guy, a friend of mine, and he's head of 
the John Fitzgerald uh, Kennedy uh, save uh, water water. Uh, he's the water keeper from uh, Canada, and I work with him and a bunch of uh, Canadian artists trying to save fresh water. That's uh, well. See, I, I, you know, like I agree. Like, yeah, you, people don't realize. You know, that's what I do. I volunteer time, and that's all I do. And uh, I just, I try to save the planet. You know, yeah, one, yep. Uh, one small species, one frog, one turtle at a time. No, but I think it's important to have people out there that are doing that because if we don't. We're not going to be here. <laughs> You're right. I'm a physician sans frontier. You know, I without bor- I don't believe in borders. That's another thing politically. I always nope. wanted to erase the border between Mexico and the United States and the border between Canada and the United States yep. and just have one just happy kumbaya continental uh, hug. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm hopeful that we'll get to that point as well. Um, in, in my head, I, I keep thinking when COVID ends that we're going to be better humans, but I just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, know, well, I'm, it happened I, in 1918, and we yeah. had the Roaring Twenties, yep. then we had the Depression, and then the Second World War. Yep. We are, a as a species, humanoids, anything over a group of 144 is too much. Yep. The Hutterites had it best. You know, the Hutterite religion and stuff and uh, the Quakers and everything. They had small little groups that they can, you know, handle and, and keep things together. When we get too big, you know, we have problems. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. But Bill, you're there. Yeah, good to hear in Richmond and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I, I, I always, I, I am a big-time driver. I drive out west all the time because my business partner lives out there and I love being in the big sky and we're actually in the process of buying 20 acres in Montana. Good and, for you. I know a bunch of you guys that are doing that. Bosman area where? Um, it's, uh, it's between Billings and Yellowstone, basically. It's near a town called Red Lodge. It's about an hour and a half from Bozeman. Oh, I know Red Lodge yep. really well. It's another gateway coming in. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And, but what I, what I was getting at is I, I get in my car and drive, so maybe one of these – springs or summers i'll drive up there i always have my mitt in my car so if you ever need somebody to throw with i am 100 percent there that's good <laughs> so, no so. no you're you're entirely welcome whenever <laughs> read uh read the least heat moons blue highways you won't be able to put it down no i'm i'm gonna do that and we're gonna get back in touch and um but i'd really just thank you for doing this because uh, you know we got in touch through um our mutual friend adam um, yeah. Adam Moyer and, um, and, you know, I just, I love, and if you can even think of anybody else that would be, you know, would be good for the podcast, whether it's some of well, these hockey guys, Jim Willoughby, what, Jim Willoughby is a Potawatomi Indian. He's really good. You know, he went through a lot of trouble and he's the head of, uh, the Potawatomi, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous down there on the reservation in Oklahoma. There's a yeah. lot of good people out there. Yep. that uh you know had problems before but you know that's yeah. uh there's a ton there's i'll think of some more and uh and we'll be back like i said i i 100 percent would love to get you back on i you know it might even be fun we work with uh brett tomko who you might remember that pitched in the majors for 11 years um he's an artist and maybe it'd be fun to have you both on just talking a little baseball and talking a little 
whatever. Talking art. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. no, no. I'm a, I collect art. Uh, you know, my house is just, uh, it's kind of, uh, it's amazing. It's, uh, I designed it. I built it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, seven eyebrow windows. It's got seven on top corresponding, uh, through the standing sea metal roof. It's definitely, uh, a, a Vermont, Vermont house. I'll tell you that. Yep. Well, we'll, we will be in touch, but I just, again, just thank you. This has been an absolute blast. Um, and it's just fun to like, like hear your stories because I, again, I think you're, you're inspiring just because of everything that you do and, and how you do it. And, and I think that more people need to like, a look at what you've done, uh, you know, especially, you know, the conservation type stuff. Um, but just in general, how you live your life, like it just feels like you live your life the way you want to live it. And, and it's, I just think that's inspiring. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's the secret life of Walter Mitty. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell your wife, thank you so much and promise that we'll steal you again. And I hope it's at least a good game tonight. So, well, thank you very much. All righty, sir. We'll catch up soon. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Huge, huge thanks again to Bill for jumping on the podcast today. Uh, really just a thrill to have him on to talk baseball and hear all of his amazing stories. Again, everybody should should really truly do a deep dive on Bill because it's just a, a fascinating life. Make sure again to pick up the new book on Bill by Scott Russell called The Spaceman Chronicles, The Life of the Earthling Named Bill Lee. It is available on Amazon. Make sure again to listen to our new podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. Follow us at theabstractdoctors.com and in social media under The Abstract Doctors. And One Man's Ethos podcast with Tony Mandrich, which you can follow on Instagram at One Man's Ethos, or you can follow us at onemansethos.com. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich, or check out his amazing photographs at tonymandrich.com. Thank you for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. See you next time when we welcome an incredible artist and former Davidson College track and field star, Michaela Binter. Thanks as always, and do not forget to exercise the body, and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.